Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5-gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest-cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. <laughs> it's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. Hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Fernando. Hi, Ben. And Travis Irvine. Hey, guys. Good to see you all. We have a great show for you guys today. Thanks for the wonderful response once again to our conversation with the good liars. Weren't they great? Mm -hmm. (laughs) They were very great liars. They are great liars. Anyone that can anger Ted Cruz and cough <laughs> what I believe he said it was his vomit breath all over Ted Cruz. Woo! That is a hell of a day in America. Bunch of fun stuff to get to. We'll talk a bit about what's going on in Reno. Mm. This whip legislation mm. is pretty insane. Apparently, Whoa. there's a massive whip outbreak. I guess a lot of people have been whipping <laughs> other kinds of. I saw. I was downtown Reno, and there were some dominatrixes, mm. and they were whipping each other. Not anymore, Ben. Nope. I guess oh. they're they're changing the laws there in Reno. We'll also talk a little bit about what's going on with the January 6th commission. The trickle mm. of news continues to come out. Drip, 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 <laughs> and much like all drips. It does seem as if our democracy was on life support. So we will talk about that. What did Donnie know? What did Rudy know? No. And Steve Bannon, it's a who's who of who can't see their dicks. I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But before we get to that, you know, I have always been against public public execution, sure. Right. State-sponsored execution. I've been against the death penalty my entire life. I remember when my dad asked me if I was pro-death penalty or against the death penalty when I was like eight, and I said, I'm against it, Dad. And he said, why? And I said, I don't think the state should be executing people, and I said that when I was very young. So I've been thinking about this for a long time. Mm. I don't believe that the state, our our criminal justice or injustice system Mm. is just too flawed to have the ability to end somebody's life. And of course, a life sentence in prison is a death sentence. He ain't getting out. There's only one way off the planet. So they're all gonna die. So does the state really have to deal with it? I don't think so. And we're seeing why. They can't handle it. (laughs) Apparently now with the supply chain backups, it's a, I guess there's a a ship full of a bunch of like drugs that kill people that is stuck (laughs) somewhere. And because of that, a couple of prisoners in Oklahoma have had a hard time getting killed by Oklahoma. A federal judge has ruled Oklahoma, however, can move forward with five lethal injections. One of the people that's being executed is this dude named Julius Jones. Now, Julius Jones 
is uh, he is uh, he has worked with the Innocence Project for quite a while. Uh, he many people believe that he is innocent because he had an alibi. The reason he is on death row is because during a carjacking, somebody mm. was killed. Right, this businessman was killed. This was in 1999. Jones has said he is innocent. I wasn't there. Nonetheless, uh, he was convicted found guilty and sentenced to death. According to an ABC documentary series, The Last Defense, uh, Jones is doing what he can to try to avoid going to meet his maker at the hand of a, uh, you know, just a horrible criminal justice system. This is according to assistant public defender Dale Bach. He says, we will be asking the 10th Circuit Court to review Judge Friot's decision to issue a stay for Mr. Grant's execution, as well as for the execution scheduled in this month. Of course, Jones is going to be part of that this month. Uh, the district court acknowledged there are serious questions about the drug protocol used by Oklahoma and that it could be unconstitutional on account that it will lead to a lot of pain and mm. suffering. If we're going to do the death by the hand of the state. I don't know why, why, how the state can't even do this right. You put a bullet in somebody's head if you really want to kill them. And I think the majority <laughs> of inmates who are on death row would prefer that. As a matter of fact, of the 26 of 32 inmates that are also in this lawsuit, uh, 19 have asked to just be killed in a firing squad. Right. But Oklahoma has said, no, that's not the way we do it. Whoa, there are freaking rules. You got rules here. This is Oklahoma. We got rules. So what do you guys think about this? I mean, do we do, are you guys pro death penalty, anti death penalty? I mean, obviously you hear some stories. I'm always reminded about this Oprah episode about these two dudes who broke into that house. I want to say it was like New Hampshire, someplace in the east. They raped a 10 year old girl, killed mm. this man's entire family. He ended up actually surviving, which is like a nightmare. Uh, he had survivor's guilt, to say the least. And it's like you look at those people. They have no reason to live. Right. They, they, they wasted their chance of, of freedom in any kind of life. Does the death penalty alleviate any of the pain that they caused? And I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think about it? Because to me, human suffering and, and death, more death doesn't solve death. And uh, as far as I can tell, according to most of the data, it hasn't really acted as a deterrent either because someone who is going to go commit a crazy ass crime like that probably doesn't give a shit. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Ben. Um, more and more states are actually abolishing the death penalty. Uh, when I ran for governor of Ohio, I actually wanted to abolish the death penalty as well. And you're absolutely right. I mean, why is the government in the business of killing people? A and B, uh, they can't even do that right. So mm. at, at the end of the day, it actually ends up being um, more expensive to put people on death row. Mm -hmm. it's, it's one of these criminal justice issues that, again, is exactly. something that both progressives and uh, fiscal conservatives can get behind because it's actually much more affordable for the taxpayers to actually just put people uh, in jail uh, for life as opposed to the appeals process which is very expensive for a death penalty. So, And as we learned with Larry Lawton, with that fantastic interview, and if you haven't listened to that again, go back and listen to it, there is a thing called prison justice. Mm, so like, yeah. if you're Larry Nasser, 
right. the death penalty would have been a godsend. Ugh. Instead, he's got no, you know, he's, bad. he's he's I'm sure he's in the uh, in the cement coffin that is solitary confinement. His I ass say. is a pin cushion if he I, gets into Gen Pop. You say it. I, you you can say it, Fernando. You can say it. No, uh, I am also against the death penalty, and for the very specific reason that innocent people have been killed before. We know and it. innocent people can be killed. Uh, Absolutely. You, I've learned by listening to this really cool podcast, uh, last podcast on the left, that, you know, oh. uh, the, the lie detectors, what are they called? Just lie detectors, yeah, sure. Lie the, detect- polygraph the polygraph test, something you, like that. That they're completely unreliable. Absolutely. We know that uh, witness, you know, what witnesses say happened, what you believe you saw could be very unreliable, especially if you're, you know, in an altered state or very angry, whatever. Well, I had a chance to speak. I believe this was for a Patreon interview. Man, we talked to a lot of people. I feel like <laughs> I think this was for a Patreon interview. <laughs> But it was a forensic expert, and he was talking about how sociopaths can pass uh, Mm -hmm. lie detector Mm -hmm. tests. Mm -hmm. But you know that they're lying because after the test, they get excited because the relief where they're like, ooh, I think I pulled it off. And then they're like, oh, yes, but you just gave it away. Because technically they passed, but then they were so excited to fool someone that that's that's where the adrenaline or whatever uh, was able to sort of trip up the lie detector, which of course are completely, uh, you know, and not I, reliable in court. And I want to shoot it back, not just lie detectors. I mean, think about when when racism was real prevalent and segregation. The you when accuse, yeah, yeah, well, exactly. But we, we're talking about when a woman could accuse a, a, a man, a black man, of oh, he whistled at me, and that man so would be killed. Horrible. You know, those we. I mean, obviously, we're we're no, it's trial now, and these people go to trial, and there's a jury involved, but it's still the same thing. Technically, innocent people could die just because of a wrong place, wrong time situation. And of course, life is, oh, I don't want to be super hot topic, but isn't life a death sentence? (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it a death sentence? We're all going to die. We're all going to die. According to the Innocence Project, this is about Julius Jones. Jones had an alibi uh, for when the carjacking took place. Uh, He also does not match the description of the suspect who was only seen by one eyewitness. And multiple Mm. people have said in sworn affidavits that another man who claims to have only been the getaway driver confessed to the killing. Jones is scheduled to be executed November 18th of this year. Again, he has said he is innocent. Doesn't seem like there's enough evidence for the death penalty. Another man confessed already. So it's uh, it's sad, you know, and also I was talking with Marcus about this. Marcus Parks from the aforementioned last podcast on the left. Uh, what else can we learn from people as well? You know, if you are someone who has committed heinous acts mm-hmm. and all of that stuff, um, there's still something to glean from, like who you like, you know, right. the the psychology, right. like the motivation. If we want to stop future crime, it's good to know and to keep these people alive so you can kind of interview them and figure out why the hell they did what they did to hopefully try to alleviate such heinous crimes in the future. So I, from an expense perspective, it's horrible. From a criminal justice perspective, I just don't trust it. And they say, on average, they say it could be like 1%, but I think that number might be higher. Also, it's totally subjective by one state to another state. So this guy in Oklahoma who killed this guy during a heart, uh, carjacking, let's say he did it, which I don't know if he did or did not, doesn't sound like it, but... That is that does that warrant a, the death penalty? Does that warrant the death sentence mm. when in a neighboring state, you know, he wouldn't get it? So it doesn't seem like it's, you know, equal justice under the law, which seems to me slightly unconstitutional. But very good point. 
the country has gone in a much more schadenfreude direction <laughs> where we love to watch True. Ted Bundy burn, Bundy burn. And to be fair, that looked like a hell of a tailgate when they killed Ted Bundy. It was a party. You know. Anyway, all right, let's move on. Let's talk about what happened on January 6th. You heard about it. Uh, Travis, you were talking about this documentary. I have not yet seen it, but you were talking on uh, HBO as a documentary, Four Hours at the Capitol. Four Hours at the Capitol. It's uh, apparently so riveting that both my filmmaker friend talked about it and my drug dealer friend talked about it. So there you go. <laughs> well, we're finding out a little bit more about what was going on that day. Um, if all of this stuff is true, which it seems to be true because it seems to be validated by multiple sources, this was, as we all kind of expected or mm -hmm. suspected, mm -hmm. was an inside job. Right. Whoa. Yes. Trump and company, they actually had a, quote, command center at the Willard Hotel, which you would think he could have done the Trump Hotel, but I guess he doesn't <laughs> want to stay there. It's a little too obvious, probably. Yeah, maybe. The operation was described as, quote, intense as those involved worked around the clock in the days leading up to the insurrection. Of course, on January 6th, Rudy Giuliani was there. Steve Bannon was there. And strangely enough, Bernard Carrick was there. Bernard Carrick, for those that don't know, is a former NYD police commissioner who was arrested for fraud and a series of other things. He did a couple of years in prison. And when he first got out of prison, he was going on all the shows and he was like, I'm a prison reform advocate. It's not nice in oh, there. Wow. It's very bad. <laughs> oh. and nothing happened with it. Nothing came of that. I think he just sort of slowly forgot how miserable it was or was just like, well, I guess, thank God I'm not in there. I guess it doesn't matter anymore to me. Then he was working with Bannon and Giuliani for a man who's already been in prison once, Bernard <sighs> Carrick. Just find different friends. <laughs> you can't be hanging around with felons. What are you hanging around with these guys? It's <laughs> ridiculous. So this war room in Washington, D.C., I guess it was set up a couple of days before the insurrection occurred. And it seems as if everyone knew exactly what was going to happen on January 6th. Um, apparently, uh, scholar John Eastman, he was in an Oval Office meeting January 4th with Trump and Vice President Mike Pence, and he pressured the VP to use his powers to delay or potentially block the certification of the election on January 6th. So that really does mean that our entire democracy like hung on the weird <laughs> head of, of Mike Pence. Oh, man. Oh, mother, what do I do? Mother, what do I do? Well, finish rubbing my feet. <laughs> oh, no. Do you give Pence any credit? Yeah, I do. I truly do because he, you know, technically he held his ground. And, and, he and, did. You know, uh, Trump was threatening him. He, he, His fan base wanted him dead. He uh, held his ground, and that says something, you know. Mother taught him right. <laughs> <laughs> I I actually have to I have to agree with Fernando, oddly enough, as well. Uh, you know, I watched the entire day of January sixth unfold. I, I think I've said on the show many times. I was watching OAN as well mm -hmm. as C-SPAN, and then the two kind of came together. Um, but the whole day ended about two or three a.m. when the Congress reconvened and counted the votes. And I, the only thing I was so upset about that whole day out of all the upsetting things is that Mike Pence looked so presidential up there when he finally was like, <laughs> we're getting back to work. And everyone clapped and it was like, all right, he did the right thing. Yeah, presidential without a base. I don't know what his political future is mm -hmm, now. Right. And if Trump does run in 2024, I don't think Pence will be on the ticket. Well, what the hell do I know? Maybe he will be. It doesn't seem like it, though. No, 
No, he's he, out. He's out of the the Destiny's Child that is the Trump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is he uh, not Kelly Michelle? No, he's Michelle. Oh, yeah, no. they forgot about Michelle. Uh-huh. She was great. Destiny's Child. <laughs> She's out now. On January second, Trump Giuliani and this dude Eastman. This is the first time I'm hearing about this guy. All I can find out is they say he's a scholar, but he seems like a total moron. So you could know a lot about wrong shit. And I guess you can still be a scholar. Yeah. Just read those kinds of books that how yeah. to be shysty, how to be a fraud. Sure. So Trump, Giuliani and Eastman spoke to 300 state legislators in a conference call on January 2nd. Mm, wow. They were providing them with so-called evidence of fraud mm. and called on them to take action to decertify. So this wasn't just tweets. It wasn't just political hyperbole. These morons were really trying to do it. Wow. It is like Humpty Dumpty's uncles are the single dumbest human beings to ever hold political power. (laughs) And the fact that they really were attempting to do this coup four days before the actual certification of the election is insane. I I think they truly believe they could do it though because of, I think they may have because they because almost did they were gonna wish it into being you know like manifestation is real and they yeah. were, they, it was like as long as we all agree and we all Ooh. all agree on the same thing we all do it together it will be real you know they made it real absolutely so January sixth we're also finding out what the role of Facebook was in all of that <laughs> man it's not getting good it doesn't get any better for Facebook I don't know. They're going to change the name because of how bad yeah. it is. You saw that, right? Yeah, they want to change the name. <laughs> what are they going to change it to? Uh, Bookface. Face Palm. Face Palm. Okay. <laughs> I like that one. Anyway, just days after insurrectionists stormed the Capitol on January 6th, Sheryl Sandberg, mm. she downplayed the role the company had. Uh, this is what she had to say. She says, We know this was organized online. We know that. And then she says, We took down QAnon, Proud Boys, Stop the Steal. Anything that was talking about possible violence last week, our enforcement is never perfect. I'm sure there's still going things going on on Facebook. I think these events were largely organized on platforms that don't have our abilities to stop hate and don't have our standards and don't have our transparency. However, in leaked documents, it shows that not only Facebook did not get rid of QAnon pages and Proud Boy pages. As a matter of fact, if you were interested in such fantastic (laughs) yeah content just such brilliant content they would put you down a path of more content it's called the hole the hole they put you they send you down the rabbit hole and before you know it you know you've come out and you you look like you've aged 30 years and you're gonna go storm the capital wearing a uh bear skin coat yeah, so. if you if you like Proud Boys, you may like zip ties. <laughs> <laughs> it really is basically that. This is according to whistleblower Francis Haugen. Uh, they say uh, the evidence has come out to support uh, the disclosures that she made to the Securities and Exchange Commission and provided to Congress in redacted form. Um, so, uh, yeah, it looks like Facebook is also complicit in helping people organize and giving people a platform that led to the destruction near destruction 
of our American democratic process. This is according to uh, SEC disclosures. This is what she alleges. This is the whistleblower Hogan. She says Facebook misled investors and the public about its role perpetuating misinformation mm-hmm. and violent extremism relating to the 2020 election and the January 6th insurrection. This whistleblower, guys, what do you guys think about her? I mean, talk about I put her up there with uh, with a Snowden. I put her right, up there right. with, uh, you know, WikiLeaks with Assange or uh, Reality Winner. This whistleblower is, I mean, we're finding out a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think oh, that this is something Facebook wasn't expecting. Obviously, they know the outside attacks, but to have this person who knows where all the bodies are buried, literally, it's pretty powerful. Yeah, I mean, John Kiriakou, who was on our show, of course, a couple of weeks ago, whistleblower of the CIA torture programs. Um, he He's praised her on his own programs and, you know, he writes his own blogs and he said this is a major development. And a, again, like you said, a good blowing of the whistle. She's just lucky she did it on a private corporation and not the government or else they would have right. completely screwed her, right? That's a great point. I, I think it's probably worse because of that. Like they have more, you know, Facebook can do whatever they want and it ain't going to be a legal, <laughs> like it ain't going to be a, a Geneva uh, convention issue. It's it, just, it would be funny if she hadn't deleted her Facebook by now. I got to say, <laughs> it's like your algorithm's fucked now. But how scary to think, uh, you know, you're going up against knowing what she knows, just a billion, multi-billion dollar worldwide organization, and mm-hmm. just, you know, mm-hmm. believing in your believing in your, that believing in the rights. Yep. And Facebook, of course, mm-hmm. when it comes to where they're the most powerful, it's not even in America. No, absolutely. Right? Not. So it's leading to a lot of dictators being put in charge. It's leading to a lot of political violence. And uh, it's definitely something that should have stayed with what it was intended for, which was to look at boobs. Um, Because now, of course, it happens to be full of boobs, but not the right kind. (laughs) Political boobs. I mean, we talk about we talk about Facebook, like you said, like as a joke here. But there was uh, just a religious Facebook post in another country that got about 45 people, you know, hurt and possibly a bunch of them killed. Right. Again, what we post not that big of an issue here, but in other places, it can really extrapolate. It can really absolutely, snowball. absolutely. A lot mm-hmm. of analysts now are just taking a look at Facebook, figuring out the algorithm. Now that we kind of know the algorithm a little bit more, and they are um, definitely blaming Facebook for a quote piecemeal approach when it comes to trying to halt, you know, hate speech, or um, you know, when it tries to halt different groups organizing, becoming more powerful on their platform uh stop the steal in the patriot party groups were quote not directly mobilizing offline harm nor were they directly promoting militarization that's according to a couple of analysts instead they were amplifying and normalizing misinformation and violent hate in a way that delegitimized a free and fair democratic election the harm existed at the network level an individual speech is protected but as a movement it normalized delegitimization jason it's it's halloween jason's right around the corner (laughs) delegitimization anyway it normalized a bunch of bullshit and uh and hate in a way that resulted in offline harm and harm to the norms of underpinning democracy. So the basic thing there is, mm-hmm. how do you know if someone's speech is going to lead to violence? This is the tricky thing about the First Amendment. This is one of the areas where we're always trying to walk this tightrope. You're allowed to scream a whole series of things out your car window, but of course you can't scream fire in a uh, in a theater, you know? So when does it become 
a indication that someone is going to commit an act of violence and not just somebody sitting on their ass, ranting and raving on a keyboard. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. Speaking of sitting on their ass... Bannon, Steve Bannon, looks like Bannon is, so he has now been officially, the House voted 229 to 202, uh, including the backing of nine Republicans who are like getting a lot of, they're getting blowback. No boy. They're getting blowback. And uh, they voted to refer Bannon for prosecution after he refused to show up again for the slated House committee date. This seems to be playing out Right. You know, when when you want to be seen as a persecuted group, you also have to become persecuted. Mm-hmm, and I think if you're mm-hmm. Bannon, exactly, this is him trying to be like, say, I told you they're coming for mm-hmm. me. They're coming for mm-hmm. you. Um, of course, Bannon is someone I would like to hear what he knew when he knew it. And this man is such a huckster and such a grifter, a failed Hollywood producer, which is worse than a successful Hollywood producer. <laughs> and they're the worst of the worst. <laughs> So I just want to hear what this guy has to say. Yeah, he wears a ridiculous amount of hats in the Trump <laughs> world. I mean, he's in the war room and he's got, he wears a ridiculous amount of shirts every day. It doesn't make any sense. If he does get locked up in prison, they have to give him multiple orange jackets or whatever those oh, things are. Oh, yes, that's very true. Yeah. I, I mean, I think this is going to push his popularity. There's been people all over the country who this, this th- being a martyr, being involved in this, going down with the ship, that is Trump is mm-hmm. is food for their fire. It's like fuel. Adele. Oh wow! She will go down oh. with the ship. Remember that? Well, that's right. Steve Bannon is the Adele of Trump world. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, it's me. <laughs> oh hi, Steve. Okay. <laughs> that was them January sixth, right there. Hello, it's yeah. me. We're also finding out as we were talking about when it comes to this being an inside job, just how many politicians met with people mm-hmm. who would later go on to attack the Capitol. This is according to a couple of sources. Uh, they say, I remember Marjorie Taylor Greene specifically, the organizer says, along with uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, there were some pro-Trump Republicans from Georgia who took office earlier this year. The pair both say the members who participated in these conversations or had top staffers join included. Representative Paul Gozar, Lauren Boebert, Mo Brooks, Madison Crawthorn, Andy Biggs, and of course, Louis Gomert. So <laughs> Gomert's on it. Don't worry about it. So the, apparently they were doing things such as walking through, giving um, 
tours, as we've talked about before. But it wasn't just that. Mm -hmm. It went as far as promising people, and these were the leaders of the insurrection on January 6th, they promised them, quote, blanket pardons if, like, you know, like they knew something. It, it's almost as if they knew they were about to go do something like super illegal. They're like, yes. don't worry about it. We got a blanket pardon. Or not even that they knew. It's just authorizing them to. Yes. Even if, even if they didn't have this in mind, if you say someone, hey, you know what? Whatever happens in the next three days, it's purge rules. You can do whatever you want. Ooh, there are no rules during exactly. the purge. So that's what they, people are like, oh, yeah, you know. Yes. According to, again, one of the organizers, they say our impression was the deal was done, that he'd spoken to the president in the Oval Office. And of course, by he, uh, we mean Gozer in this case. Mm -hmm. This is Representative Paul Gozer, Arizona, who looks like a Gozer. And uh, this is what they say. (laughs) Yes. So they said it was our impression after talking with Gozer that the deal was done, that he'd spoken to the president about it in the Oval in a meeting about pardons, and then our names came up. Wow. They were working on submitting the paperwork and getting members of the House Freedom Caucus to sign on to show support. And again, Gozer also said he had several assurances of, as I mentioned, a blanket pardon. Gozer said, according to the organizer, quote, I was just going over the list of pardons, and we just wanted to tell you guys how much we appreciate all the hard work you've been doing. Wow. This is deep, bro. A list of pardons? A list of random ass pardons for people who are going to go cosplay like uh, <laughs> like Civil War soldiers, not realizing how uh, horrible that event actually was this is for important. the participants. I think it's important to note right now that when you have some sort of deal or contract with someone above you to get it in writing, because you never know when they could decide. I have to... a feeling you can't really trust Gozer <laughs> yeah, or I guess any the of these pardon, politicians. The pardon list was not real. It wasn't written down. It was in his head. That's what it yeah, was. Yeah, that was the problem, according to the That's organizer. Gozer works. <laughs> and what's so funny now is organizers are starting to come out and spill the beans because they're like, we didn't get our pardon. Right. And so right. it's like, yeah, you have a lot of angry lunatics on your side, on your hands now that were once on your side. And perhaps now they feel hurt. Because they did not get the pardons they were promised. That's exactly what happened with the Cowboys for Trump guy from, mm-hmm. from Mexico. You know, he's turning he's turning on Trump. He's like, hey, all the stuff he said he was going to do, nobody got locked up. Now we're in trouble. You this know? is according to the organizer, again, of the January 6th riot. He says, I would have done it either way, with or without the pardon. I do truly <laughs> believe in this country. But to use something like that and put that out there on the table when someone is so desperate, it's really not good business. So there you go, Gozer. <laughs> You got got. This is a fantastic article by Rolling Stone. They actually did some good work here. So good, good work, Rolling Stone magazine. Um, they really go in and talk about just how many people knew and how many powerful people knew exactly what was going to happen. Again, seriously led to the death of uh, what was it? Four officers and uh, and then one Ashley Bennett. and then and then the gal there. Who has become a martyr, I guess, you know. Absolutely, yeah. And injured. over 100 injured in that whole thing, too. Just horrible. The stain on America, though. You know, everyone in other other countries watching it, watching Putin, the, the smirk he gets on his face, watching the video, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. According to Nick Dyer, he's a Marjorie Taylor Greene's communications director. You imagine that job. <laughs> so, Mr. Dyer, um, Marjorie recently just said that the lizards are gay. Can you respond? Steve Bannon is not gay. That's right. 
Steve Bannon, he's a good fella. And Marjorie, uh, she, I just apologize that she spelled lizards wrong. <laughs> so Dyer is also attempting to do a little bit of whataboutism. He's talking about in 2017 when a couple of Democrats uh, said, like Sheila Jackson, uh, Maxine Waters, Jim McGovern, when they were like, no, Trump didn't win. And apparently they tried to prevent uh, President Trump's election from being certified. But I don't remember um, an insurrection happening. Mm, So I think it's quite different if they made a political point to say, I don't necessarily agree with how the process was done. It's quite different than, you know, storming the Capitol. Absolutely. And if we should probably point out that current President Joe Biden was vice president at that time is the vice president's jobs uh, job to count the votes up there with the Speaker of the House. And Joe Biden, uh, of course, had to face his own uh, Democrats who wanted to uh, challenge the election and he had to tell them uh, no dice. And that's kind of the process. And that's kind of what Mike Pence had to end up doing as well. According to Ali Alexander, uh, they helped organize the wild protest. This is what he has to say. He says, I was the person who came up with the January 6th idea with Congressman Gozer, Congressman Mm. Mo Brooks, and Congressman Andy Biggs. Wow. Alexander said, we four schemed up putting on maximum pressure on Congress while they were voting so that we couldn't lobby. We would change the hearts and the minds of Republicans who are in that body hearing with our loud roar from outside. Alexander led the stop to steal. Of course, with the, yeah, it's just insane that, like, he referred to Gozer as, quote, my captain Mm. and declared one of the heroes has been Congressman Andy Biggs. Mm. Alexander also said, he said he couldn't help himself but go on his life and just talk about everything that he did and who he talked to. He says, so he likely really told on himself uh, Alexander did not respond for requests of comment or anything, but yeah, it looks like this guy is realizing he's completely screwed and much like the chefs of the Titanic, he's going to go down with the ship and take everyone with him. I think uh, like a prevailing theme I see with all the, with a lot of the people that the insurrectionist and the proud boys and stuff is they have this contempt the way Trump had a contempt for government, quote unquote, you know, drain the swamp. Unless he's in charge of it. Exactly. But, you know, uh, I think that they, the people have this contempt for Congress. And so them being charged, all these, Steve Bannon, all of that, that fuels that contempt. And so, you know, they talk about, they, they're talking about it more openly now because of that disdain that they're feeling because now they're, they're, there's two sides internally arguing with themselves. Do you have contempt for the government and go down with the ship? Or do you say, Hey, I was used. I was a pawn. Right. Right. What do you do? And that's what we're seeing now. Yeah. Right. Well, now we know why, you know, that clip we played of Jim Jordan the other week, why he's so nervous. I mean, this is actual real hard evidence. You know, we've kind of been speculating for months and months about Mm -hmm. who knew what and when. But I mean, this is this is war room level stuff. It really is. Actual heads making it happen. And with uh, when we talk about, you know, systemic, just the nastiness, some of the worst attributes of american history the infection has reached or maybe it's just always been there but 20 we just found out that 28 politicians have been funded or financially supported by oath keepers now the Mm. oath keepers is a disgusting far-right group it's just just it's as racist as it gets and they're just you know little dumb pieces of shit who really 
I, I guess got made fun of for having small ding-dongs one too many times and just decided that they've had enough. I have no idea what the hell's wrong with these people. They're truly psychotic. But there are 28 politicians that are funded by them. Um, the organization was founded in 2009 by an Army veteran. So who are just a couple of these people who are in Oath Keepers? Uh, well, one Oath Keeper is a dude named Brad Rogers. He is an elected county commissioner in Elkhart County, Indiana. He's been with the group um, since 2009. Wow. Uh, he said he believes, quote, the federal government is out of control and recalled threatening uh, to arrest any FDA inspector who set foot in a uh, particularly Amish dairy farm without a warrant. So I guess okay. that, was, that was his big thing. <laughs> and uh, he said that he quit the Oath Keepers years ago because though he agrees with the tenets of the organization, he felt it was going down a path about violence and things of that nature that mm. I won't tolerate. Uh-huh. Glenn Jacobs, the mayor of Knox County, formerly known as WWE's Kane. Apparently, yeah. he gave 50 bucks to the Oath Keepers. And uh, he said, yeah, thanks for being a big supporter. This is what a spokesperson said. He said, yeah, in 2013, Jacobs donated 50 bucks to the Oath Keepers because, quote, they were big supporters of the Constitution. Um, he has subsequently had philosophical differences with their stances and has stopped contributing. Um, South Dakota State Senator Jim Stalesler said he was has totally broken with the Oath Keepers because uh, he grew disenchanted with what he calls the group's confrontational aspects. Hmm. So we'll say, I think there is a lot of politics going on there mm -hmm. when it comes mm -hmm. to, I'm not with you, wink, wink, but I'm kind of with you because <laughs> the Oath Keepers, I'm sure, are still supporting the politicians uh, that they've always been supporting since 2009. And as Travis said off air, uh, right around the time Obama got elected, yeah. seems like they really came into 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 being. Something that happened must have really upset them. Yeah, you know? so it was like some national event, maybe a historic event. Yeah, something like that. It's still going strong. Gary Rowland said he joined the Oath Keepers a decade ago, and was active and was actively paying dues until 2020, more than a year after he was elected to Fayette County Surveyor in central Kentucky. He says, I read the website and it seemed like a good thing to me. The former member of the National Guard said, but when he stopped getting emails and newsletters from the group, he canceled his membership. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. He says, I'm, I'm not sure. There's some rogue people who might have broken some windows in Washington, but I very much believe it's a good organization. So there you go. No matter what, there's going to be people who are going to be supporting anyone because they want their votes so it doesn't matter at all how scummy or douchey they are oh the life of a politician <laughs> it's to be expected you know we saw police officers supporting the oath keepers obviously you know if it's down at that level i figure there's going to be it's at every level what's scary to me is how ingrained it says how ingrained this philosophy is in our nation and you know you don't know who's Absolutely. A, basically you don't know who's an oath keeper. You know your your school board guy could be an oath keeper. Mm -hmm. You know Ben That's... could be an oath keeper. Whoa! <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm a bloat keeper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you never know. But it is it is funny. That's why we see all these reports coming out about like school boards gone crazy. And you're like, what's going on with the school board? It might be filled with everyone's crazy. <laughs> it yeah. seems like there's just a lot of pe broken people out there. And again. Uh, Facebook and uh, all the lies that are being spread forth. Um, it's just really sad for a lot of people in this country deserves better. So 
be careful, as we always say, who you follow, because there are no blanket pardons coming. Hmm. They do not care. You're nothing but meat. You're just a pawn. And it's just mm-hmm. sad because uh, they just didn't even they didn't even know it. We're just a tax pain number. And then the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers and all of these unbelievable douchebag groups. But Donald told me that it was going to be just <laughs> fine. Uh, my, 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 my name's on the pardon list. <laughs> I'm on the pardon list. Man, remember when the uh, after the insurrection, all of the people tried to fly back and they're like, what do you mean? I'm on the no fly list. What kind of country? What do you mean? That is for brown people to be on. Yep. <laughs> anyway. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today at consumer cellular you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers but for up to half the cost same thing up to half the cost up to half the cost for the same thing 50 percent the money for 100 percent the same thing i hope i'm making myself clear consumer cellular when freedom calls we're here to answer call us at 1-888-FREEDOM half the cost savings based on cost of consumer cellular single line 5 gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plan offered by t-mobile and verizon may 2023 all right you know hip-hop is a fun thing and we, <laughs> yeah. love, we love our hip-hop i do I've, i love my 90s rap i am 40 oh. years old i would say young but i am 40 years old I threw my back out while sleeping. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. It was bad. I was playing with Jerry, fell asleep, then I woke up in an awkward position, and then boom, back's gone. Oh, no. Uh, Jerry probably did something to me. Probably pounded my back. What in the fuck is going on? He saw the opportunity. He saw the weakness, Ben. <laughs> yeah. Jerry's uh, got to deal with the Oath Keepers. <laughs> yeah. He might be a little Oath Keeper. Mm-hmm. Mm, Watch out for that guy. Yeah. Well, hip hop has reached just new new levels of unbelievable quality. Um, there's an anti-Biden rap song. It's called Let's Go Brandon, right? Because everyone says, fuck Joe Biden. That's what it was. And fuck then, Joe Biden. Yes. Yeah, fuck Joe Biden. Because it, it works in the, uh, it works. What do you call that? I pyamic pyamic endemeter pentamic pentamic that is that is Shakespeare, gentlemen. Please don't. <laughs> Don't equate fuck Joe Biden with Shakespeare. I don't know. What's the what do you call that with the music? With the with with, with the music. No, Hip hop. You had it. Penta is it pentameter? Pent yeah, you got it. You had Either it. way, it's easy to clap to and sing when you're hammered. So there's an anti-Biden song. It's called Let's Go Brandon. And it is now number one on iTunes. Which, you know, say what you want about Vietnam. The music was great, and we just haven't had any good protest music ever in this country. And then the tradition stands. Mm. Uh, you can listen to this right after you listen to Lena Dunham's pantsuit song <laughs> if you really want to have fun. So it's sung by this dude, uh, Gray, and uh, it starts with him. His name is Bryson Gray, and it starts with him strumming an AR-15 like oh, a guitar. <laughs> nice. And he's got like his MAGA hat on and stuff. And um, yeah, he looks, uh, it's super lame and it's really sad that hip hop has gone 
to this area um, of unbelievable corniness. Uh, Gray says, this is a hit song lyric. This is a song that he says, look at Australia. That's what's coming. If we don't stand up, stop complying with them taking our rights. It's time to man up. And I do mm. not agree with how Australia handled the pandemic. I also um, don't know if this man is making any amount of sense. So the three-word chant, again, it became an internet sensation at a NASCAR event where they said, mm -hmm. oh, they were saying, let's go, Joe, let's go, Brandon, Instead of not fuck, fuck Joe right. Biden. G-rating it, let's go, Brandon. Yes, indeed. So another song, Let's Go, Brandon, by Loza Alexander, was number three on the iTunes charts. Mm. And this is a sign that some people might be turning on old, weird Uncle Joe. Did you guys watch the town hall at all? Uh, be before we get off of this, I think this says more about, like, iTunes is a... Uh, entry level you know the lowered expectation <laughs> yeah. It yeah all it takes is a little kind of a, a jotty tune and you're number one on itunes <laughs> yeah i don't think it has to i don't I'm, I'm not sure if these songs have staying power <laughs> yeah i mean it seems to be the uh, baby shark of trump world <laughs> the baby shark of trump world brilliant i love it um <laughs> so you. anyway if you want to have a good time go listen to that fun political humor um, and, and just really powerful political rap. As a matter of fact, we could probably play some. Various shots that people are getting now cover that. They're, this is the intro. You're okay. You're not going to oh. get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Somebody got to do it. Hey, <laughs> let's go, Brandon. I keep a drum like I'm Nick Cannon. Hey, hey, let's go, Brandon. Pandemic ain't real. They just planted. Hey, hey, let's go, Brandon. When you ask questions, they start banning. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Hey, hey, let's go, Brandon. Hey, hey, let's go, Brandon. I keep a drum like I'm the cannon. Oh, hey, let's go, Brandon. Pandemic ain't real, they just planned it. Hey, hey, let's go, Brandon. You ask questions, they start banning. Hey, hey, let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. This is great. Biden said the jab stopped the spread, it was lies. I remember how you wrote you had in your eyes. These politicians are demons just in disguise. Look at Kyrie Irving and Nicki Minaj. That's what's coming next if we don't stand up. Stop complying with them taking our rights. It's time to man up. Republicans voting for red back laws. That's just what I can't trust. If Let's go, Brandon. So the Kyrie thing is very interesting. All of it. Brilliant. I take back what I said before we played it. Go win the chip, Kyrie. Please. Yeah, there's a lot to it there there's a lot of meat mm -hmm. a lot of hardcore substance there that um i'm just so happy the kids are getting into politics right and any way that they can do it i guess you know if you speak <laughs> the truth ben they'll ban it just like that song says Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. but it was number one on itunes right hmm. i don't know uh, how does that work i um, don't know I know everyone's always like, I've been shadow banned, I've been canceled. It's like, yeah, we've been kicked off of YouTube so many times, and I'm constantly getting in trouble on Instagram, and I have no idea why. It's because those pictures you post of you and Eddie are too sexy, Ben. Sexy They're too boys. sexy. They're too sexy, Ben. I know they are too sexy. That's what everybody tells me in my DMs. I'm just joking. <laughs> um, all right. Well, just uh, just kind of lastly here, popularity. It <laughs> feels like it's. I, is it safe to say? Do you guys agree? Disapproval ratings seem to matter more about somebody's electability over yes, approval ratings. Absolutely. Yes. That and whether or not people write rap songs about you. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a recent poll. It's just got to finished October 25th. 
So Biden, for the first time, is over 50 percent disapproval. Well, 43 percent say approval uh, that they approve, obviously. So it's down quite a bit. And I'm wondering. So at this point in Trump's presidency, he was at 37 percent approval. Okay, so Biden is six percent, you know, above that. But then some context at this point, Obama was at 52 percent approval. Mm -hmm. George W. Bush, for reasons that we know, was at 87 percent approval. Wow. Then you have someone like Bill Clinton, who was at 44 percent, H.W. at 60. So Reagan was at 55, even Carter at 54. Anyway, those are just a bunch of numbers. But um, it does seem like they got to get something going. As we were talking about in the last few episodes, the gas price stuff is real. Mm-hmm. Everyone, the the pain at the pump, you know, people see that travel holidays, all of that stuff, the supply chain stuff. And you wonder just how many more like political body shots can Joe take going back to that town hall. I'm not sure if you guys had a chance to watch it at all. The man isn't exactly like exuding confidence. I don't think he necessarily fully, and I don't think we as a country even fully know what his base is. Mm. It's Mm. shaky at best. And I feel some of the answers that he gave and just his overall presentation, again, it's always not nice not to have the blabbering ramblings of a fucking Diet Coke addict. Mm -hmm. It's nice. (laughs) But Joe, I mean, I don't know. Like, what do you guys think? Do you feel like he, the man says he wants to run again and we are one year in, not even. And it's it's not going great for him. I, I have to point this out, and I've point this. I might have not have said it on the show, but I've definitely said it when we talk about politics on our own. Even at his lowest, Joe Biden's approval rating is still higher than Trump's approval rating ever was. Sure, so, so that's a great point. Right, so, right, right. And, yes. and that means that this disapproval rating is still lower than Trump's ever was. So people can say you the, the Instagram can say hey, everyone hates Biden. The numbers still say people yeah. hated Trump more. Yeah, you know? yeah. Right. of course. But at the same time, he still needs a home run. Um, and I'd say soon. I mean, again, yeah. the Virginia governor's race is going to be an end. He needs to get on freaking base, bro. I don't even think. I mean, who? what is. Yeah, you're right. I think McAuliffe is. If he can get that's at least a double for him. Right. And McAuliffe is begging um, Biden and the Democrats to get a deal done before, hopefully before the weekend, honestly, because mm. then as long as you have something that's a resounding victory that everyone, even Fox News can't bash it, that they can right. look at look at the infrastructure bill, look at the reconciliation, even if they didn't get the full three point five trillion like they wanted. Right. If they can get any kind of deal done, then old Joe can look, look at the camera and say, Corn pop. Uh, Corn pop. Yeah, so obviously we'll continue to monitor the president of the United States. And uh, is he resonating with the American people? We went from one extreme to the other when it comes Mm -hmm. to someone who was just like constantly (laughs) talking. So please, God, shut up. But I will say Jen Psaki seems to be, according to Chris uh, Wallace, anyway, in Fox News, people seem to like her as press secretaries. So. I agree that she's probably she's got, re- she's got red hair. You got to respect her. That we they, they used to kill us. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Even uh, Peter Ducey had uh, a very big uh, compliments to say about Jen Psaki. There so. you go. Mm-hmm. Had some Psaki this weekend, actually. Oh, that's different, but yes. Mm-hmm. She has that stern, very dire face, which I think is necessary for someone delivering the news from a president. Yep. You know, we don't need crazy the way Huckabee was and, you know, them. No. 
All right. Well, <laughs> let's let's just go lastly talk about government overreach. No, we're not talking about um uh <laughs> being Italian. <laughs> we're not talking about the Cuomos. Oh, I see what you did there. Remember that when he was when he was groping all those people and everyone's like, I think he's a god. We should give him an Emmy. Uh, <laughs> yes. Nevada has just passed a uh, it, it now criminalizes possessing a whip without a permit. So you got to have a you got to have a whip permit. And I don't know if this was an issue, but you would think with all the issues in the country right now, with as, as Travis mentioned, infrastructure and a whole bunch of stuff happening, the bottlenecks going on and high gas prices, you would think Reno. It would have a lot of other things to handle, but apparently whips are really the biggest issue going on right now. So earlier this month, the Reno City Council passed an ordinance that prohibits people from using or possessing whips in the city's downtown without first obtaining a city permit. So all this is literally there are like the fun dominatrix people that are Mm -hmm. on there. They're just trying to Disneyfy the downtown and they're trying to get rid of all the fun, quirky stuff such as getting whipped in Vegas in the middle of a, a bunch of drunken lunatics. I'm going to push back a little bit, Ben. According to the Associated Press, which I, 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 I this article says that the sound of a whip cracking sounds too much like a gunshot. What? And it's happened enough where the the you know cops get called when someone craps a whip because they think it's a gunshot. And so yeah, that is their because people are idiots doesn't mean we need to have a law that now you have to. What? How? Who cares? That's hey, you know, it breaks the speed of sound barrier. It scares people. It's you know, get rid of it, Ben. Oh my God! Reno City Attorney Carl Hall said that the new restrictions were common sense whip control. (laughs) Wow! Finally, finally, someone's talking about the real issues. Why in the world is this happening? Yeah, whip-related calls to police. That's true, and I guess they increased sixty-one percent. Reno police said that people were using them as amateurs when it comes to proper use. And it's evidence that they do not possess it for its intended purpose of use. Well, which is, which whip. is what you whip. exactly you whip it. <laughs> right. You want to hear the crack of the whip. I mean, this what is are they just, talking about? This is a shame. I mean, you know, uh, obviously for Ed Larson's documentary, How America Killed My Mother, we actually went to Reno back in 2017. And I got to say that town could use a, a lot more whips. It could use more a lot whips. more people, a lot more anything and everything. Well, the ACLU is mm-hmm. saying that mm-hmm. this is not about whips at all. This is about trying to criminalize the homeless. Oh, That's what they say. They say Reno's new whip ban certainly unusual. Apparently, it's also taking place in Kauai County, Hawaii. They passed a similar ban in 2018, but I guess the homeless just got a bunch of whips. And now but the homeless, I guess, are also used. They're known for using the whips for self-defense. Mm. I didn't see any whips, man. <laughs> I've been out to Vegas so much. I've only saw three whips. Mm. What part of Reno, Ben? <laughs> Maybe you weren't in the part where. where the oh, wait, are... I've only been to Las Vegas. Mm. I got to go to Reno. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell me the homeless are just full of whips, uh, but they're homeless. It's a misdemeanor. They're not going to. What are they going to do with the citation? Why do they care? I, I the last thing we should worry about a person experiencing homelessness if, is if they have a whip and they're cracking it. I agree, but you know, mm. anything to criminalize, you know, the uh, poverty. Anything to criminalize right? experiencing. That's what we're talking about here. It's and it's now it's whips. First they came for the gun, now they're coming for the whip. Yeah, the um, only whips sure. that should be banned are uh, majority whips. Steny Hoyer, thank you very much. It's my Steny Hoyer joke. He's on fire from way downtown. That's uh, it's it's kind of crazy there, yeah. So uh, apparently, Reno's streets are full of people with homemade chains, leather straps, ropes, and strings. Hmm. Yeah, sounds like a good time. Mad Max, regular Mad Max over there. I guess so. <laughs> so yeah, there's gonna be a lot of, 
the whipping days are I hope you had fun. <laughs> yeah. You're done it now. Does, it does sound like an episode of that old show, uh, Reno 911. Mm. Except um uh except this is real. This is crazy. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I am definitely going to Register my whip. <laughs> there you go. There you, you have go. to register get, it now legally. Get that uh, permit. Get that. Just I get have the a permit. permit for this whip. But do you have a permit for that big erection in public? <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's about it. We'll have a bunch of other stuff to talk about. Yeah, I was just looking at the story about the Cowboys for Trump founder. He turned on Trump. Oh, yeah. Speaking of whips, he doesn't <laughs> like him anymore. Uh, you know, he hurt his feelings. Yeah. How long? How long can you stand for someone that doesn't have your back? How long will you will you have their back? And he's well, doing the right thing. He's doing the right thing. According to Griffin, he was at a QAnon conference in Las Vegas. <laughs> it was on Sunday. He said, we supported President Trump because of his fight for justice as well. And for years, we cried, lock her up, lock her up, lock her up. We know she's a criminal. What did the president tell us? If I was in charge of the law, you'd be in jail. So no word if he's gotten a whip. Um, he says, uh, <laughs> at the end of the four years... Mr. President, you've been in charge of the laws for four years. At the end of your four years, the only one that's locked up were the men like me mm. and others like me that wow. stood by the president the strongest. He said it. And now cowboys can't even have whips. Right. What's the country oh, coming to? No. <laughs> wow. All right. Be careful who you trust. Um, okay. Well, I guess that's about it for today. We'll be back next week or later on this week. And uh, yeah, anything else, guys? Travis, you're going to go have fun in Ohio? Yes, everything's going uh, great here in Ohio. Uh, just last week, they <laughs> revealed a license plate where the Wright Brothers plane was facing and flying the wrong way. So everything's going fine over here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, everyone. Fernando, you're good? I'm feeling great, Ben. I'm All so right. excited. I'm going to go whip some people in Reno. I know. I'll go <laughs> <Yeah>. with you. <laughs> well, it's like that Johnny Cash song. I whipped a man in Reno just to get banned by the government. <laughs> yep, just to watch him come. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you're doing well out there. Staying healthy. And uh, yeah, hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Yeah.